0: Thank <laughs> you. Welcome to Japanatron. My name's Dave Pavlina. Japanatron is a podcast about life in Japan and Japanese culture. What's today's topic? Today we're going to talk about the themes of Japan. This is uh, like my 10 years of life in Japan, all summarized in one podcast. It's going to be a cool episode. These uh, these themes are like my mantras, my ooomomomom. Uh, they 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 summarize the Japanese culture very very conveniently for me. Whenever I'm confused, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Uh, one of these themes usually covers it, usually explains the Japanese culture to me, um, and helps me figure out. Oh, that's that's what's going on here. Okay, they the, these themes are like the blood. They're the circulatory system of the culture. You like that? They, they flow through the many faucets of life and the culture here. You know, I, I see them in a very wide range of situations. So they're, they're the circulatory system of the culture. Yeah. One little note. Uh, I kind of took like a top-down approach with this, okay? So, uh, like... In particular, the first theme I'm going to talk about sort of feeds into the second and so on, you know, kind of like a stream, you know, it starts up in the mountains and then it goes down into many, many, you know, tributaries or whatever and deltas and all that, all that stuff. So, um, okay, let's, let's, let's get into this. Theme number one, theme number one, da, 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 I'm trying to build up the drama there, but I don't have the music. Japan is an island both figuratively and literally. Oh yeah, I love this one. Japan is an island. Woo! Japan likes to do its own thing. And you see this theme a lot. There's the global standard, and then there's Japan. It's, it's kind of like this us and them mentality, almost. And um, I don't want to get too much into this because this could be a whole other topic um, and it's kind of a pessimistic view, but um, there's the Japanese, and then there's foreigners. Um, immigrants aren't really considered Japanese. They can never really be considered Japanese. I don't think here. Um, it's a it's a homogeneous culture. Unlike America, you know, you can immigrate to America, and you can become American. Um, you walking down the street of any uh, large city especially, like New York or L.A., and and nobody knows, I mean, what what is American? You know, nobody really knows. America is an immigrant nation. Japan is not. So, unfortunately, there's this kind of us-and-them mentality. And, you know, Japan was fairly isolationist um, throughout its history. And, uh, you know, the story goes that Commodore Perry from the U.S., showed up with his black ships and literally forced the trading doors open, saying, like, we're, we're going to start doing some business with Japan, uh, whether you like it or not, or we're going to start, you know, cannons bla- <laughs> cannons blazing away. Now, Japan did have some limited trading. I think it was with Portugal and the Netherlands, if I got my history right. Um, but compared to other, other countries, Japan was, was quite isolationist for, for quite a long time. And so I really like, you know, the, the white flag with the red dot as you know Japan's flag. It's very appropriate. It, it kind of highlights that island type of thing, the figurative and literal island of Japan. Um, and and additionally, you know, Japan has a fairly closed door immigration policy. It's, Japan has never had anything like, you know, what the U.S. did during the Industrial Revolution, during the Civil War. Hey, the doors are open, come on in immigrants, we got plenty of land, we got to start working here, we got an economy to build. Japan's never really done that, and I still hear that Japan's immigration policy is fairly closed door. Um, for the most part, most of the general working visas, um, with some exceptions, require a four-year college degree, Okay. Um, I have a few examples of this to kind of paint this this sort of Japan as is an island um, theme here. Um, and this is kind of a bad example, but let's start with it anyway because <laughs> I'm I'm feeling like that. Um, I work in IT, and uh, our head office is based in the UK, and we tried to deploy this um, Fuji Xerox printer driver, okay, for all of our copiers. Okay, and so the UK office gave me the global driver, right? So I tried the global driver, and it didn't work with our copiers. And so I, I contacted Fuji Xerox support and asked him, what's up with this? Why doesn't the global driver work? And they checked on it, and they said that the global driver, get this, works on every Fuji Xerox copier in the world, except for those sold in Japan, and when I when this happened to me, I was just like, "Oh my god, this totally is this totally is Japan's island mentality." Um, so literally, I had to download the the Japanese driver for our print for our um, copiers, and I had to use that. And it's funny because um, because people visit from other offices, and they're like, "Why aren't you using the global driver?" And I'm like, "It doesn't work here, dude. <laughs> it's like twilight zone, man. Up is down, down is up, man. This is Japan. It's all different here. It's wacky." Okay, here's another good example. Is uh, the world wants to save blue whales, you know, and dolphins and all that, and Japan wants to kill them. (laughs) So, pretty much the rest of the world. And and when I say rest of the world, I I guess you know I'm kind of being biased towards you know the first world or maybe the Western you know industrialized world. So I apologize for that. But for the most part, the world wants to save the blue whale and the dolphins and all that, and Japan wants to kill them. (laughs) We're doing quote unquote research, uh, and then we're gonna eat them. (laughs) And I I love this. There's this one episode of Family Guy, um, and they said it really well. Um, They said it best, Japan, they kill things we like. (laughs) I love that. Um, The last thing I want to say about this theme, uh, is Japan is an island, is ironically, the USA actually does quite a bit of this too. And the most vivid example, the most obvious example, is how the US uses feet, pounds, miles, all that shit, while the rest of the world is using the metric system. And hey, Japan is using the metric system, so I'll give them that, you know. So the US. does a little bit of this island. We have our we're gonna do our own thing thing too. So uh, as an American, I feel right at home here. <laughs> Japan's an island. Let's move on. Uh, number two, Japan is a collectivist culture. Oh, yeah. And this kind of comes from the island thing, I guess. You know, there's Japanese and there's there's foreigner. Um, and in the Japanese circle, it's very collectivist. You're a member of the Japanese culture. You're a member of the Japanese people, and we got this. We got these values and this deal. Okay. Um, now the USA values personal freedom, individual expression. It's an immigrant nation. It's very diverse. Lots of different people from lots of different countries formed formed the USA. Um, Japan, on the other hand, values collective harmony. Let's all get along. We're all Japanese. We're all on the same team. Let's all get along. Uh, and we value collective harmony, okay? The bees in the hive are all all have to buzz in harmony. Um, now, it's the type of culture you would almost expect from that Japan is an island thing, this isolationist island. You know, hey, we got China trying to trying to attack us, you know, in the early history and all that. Um, we got to all stick together. This is the Japanese people. And it's almost like, you know, the collectivism and the patriotism would feed each other you know, and make it so that Japan would survive through its early history. So maybe that's where it came from. I don't know. Um, in the USA, they say, you know, we say the squeaky wheel gets the oil. You speak up, you scream, you yell, you make a, you make a ruckus. You're going to get noticed and you'll get the oil. Japan, on the other hand, uh, their expression is the nail that sticks up gets hammered down. Bam, bam, bam. You do not want to stand out in a collectivist culture. It's not cool. Um, so that's like pretty much polar opposites there. And a silly example of this, Japan loves uniforms, don't they? They love their uniforms. They got their school uniforms, they got their police, um, they got their uh, flight attendant, they got their office worker, they got their construction worker. Uh, All got uniforms. I mean, every country's got uniforms, but Japan loves their uniforms and they love uniformity. You love that? Uniforms and uniformity. Collectivist. And. Another good example, elementary school kids, okay? They have the same uniform, but not only that, they also have that backpack called the Landoceru. It's like this kind of old school, it looks like something from Switzerland in the 40s or something like that. It's kind of like leather backpack, I guess. They're pretty expensive. And I always wondered what happens if you're an elementary school kid and you don't use the Landoceru. The you will probably be fucked. You'll be made fun of. Uh, to no end until you get yourself a standard Japanese rando setu <laughs> backpack. Okay, you better you better use it. High school, high school sports teams—they uh, all have the same haircut, and this kind of creeps me out because it looks a little cult-like. I see a big group of high school girls, and they're all on the same volleyball team, I guess, and they all have the exact same haircut. It's a little militaristic and it's a little creepy at times. Uh, it looks kind of cult-like. Now, as an American, you know, I grew up in a in a fairly individualist culture, you know, it, it's a bit overwhelming for me at times, you know, I see this whole collectivist type thing, it looks a little cult-like, you know, all wearing the same clothes, with the same haircut, like, join us, a little bit communist, you know, little zombie-like, you know, they're gonna bite me and I'm gonna become one of them, <laughs> I wish. Um... And historically, Japan considers citizenship, I believe, linked to the bloodline. Uh, The U.S. does not. So um, if you're Japanese, if you have Japanese blood, um, you're a Japanese citizen. So they kind of do it by blood. So that's kind of that collectivist thing working there again. I mean, I see the advantage of this. You know, you get the whole collective, you get the whole hive, you know, working towards these common goals, you know. And it's almost, I hate to say it, it's almost like the Borg from Star Trek. You know, you will be assimilated. Resistance is futile. You will be assimilated. Um, but, you know, and and I hate for this, I hate to bring up this this kind of cynical opinion I have, but I think people really are instinctively driven, you know, sort of by greed and self-interest. And I, I kind of believe in this sort of sinister view of the world where, you know, the powers that be and the rich and the upper class try to convince the general population that they're, you know, they're working towards some kind of enlightened goal, you know, while the upper classes, you know, the government, politicians and all that are just counting their money, you know. I, I admit, that's a bit sinister, but I think it really, it really gets amplified when you when you turn that into a collectivist culture. It gets a little creepy. So, um, I'm gonna say that. I mean, Maybe I'm going overboard. I, I mean, at the end of the day, modern Japan is on paper a collect uh, blah. modern Japan is on paper still a capitalist democracy, you know, on the surface, anyhow. But there's still kind of this Borg from Star Trek thing that um, sometimes is a is a bit overwhelming to me. <laughs> but hey, it's there. And a lot of Japanese things that you may experience here, especially if you live here for for any time. Um, it it can be explained. Oh, it's a collectivist culture. And especially if you did not come from a collectivist culture yourself, um, you might experience like, whoa, you're you're out of your element there. Let's move on. Um, The next one, and this definitely comes from the collectivist culture. Uh, Number three, Japan has a lot of rules and protocol. They love their rules. And I'm always saying this to myself, ah, Japan's got its rules. Japan loves the rules. Ah, they love the rules. You know, and God bless them. Sometimes I really love it. Uh, sometimes I don't. Um, and, you know, along with this collectivist culture, they got these rules and they got the protocol. You know, you are Japanese. You are Borg. Okay. You are part of this collective. You know, hey, you know, when you think about it, the Borg probably had a lot of rules too. You know, you got that big ship, you got this collective, you can't have people getting out of control, you gotta have a lot of rules, you know, you gotta be back in your compound or whatever, whatever that thing was, the the alcove that the Borg had, you gotta be back, you know, know, before the curfew or whatever. So, just like the Borg had a lot of rules, the Japanese have a lot of rules. And I think historically this probably comes from the fact that Japan had the strict class hierarchy. You know, and you see a lot of things, examples about, you know, a lot of examples of this in Japanese culture and the language especially. Um, You got your keigo. You have your formal Japanese. And with keigo, there's the ue no hito, there's the upper person, and there's the shita no hito, the lower person. You got the kohai and you got the senpai, okay? Uh, You got the senior, and you got the junior. Okay, you got all that. And, you know, you got these different levels of speech, to use in the Japanese language, okay. So there's a lot of this hierarchy embedded in the culture, and it shows itself in the language. So um, that that sort of I think that's where it came from. You know, you had all these these upper classes and lower classes, the farmer class, the you know agrarian classes, all that. Um, and because of that, you get you got to have a lot of rules. You got to keep these people under control. You know, it's a it's collectivist, but we got different levels of people here. (laughs) Everyone's equal, but, you know, some are more equal than others, right? So, you're, you know, you're Japanese, you're a member of this collective, okay? Okay. So, you naturally understand the many rules of membership. You're already a member. You were born into this. Um, So, you, you understand the rules, all right? You get it. And, I mean, this is what culture is, right? Every country, every culture has this, Um, But I just think that Japanese culture has slightly higher expectations than other cultures because they're part of this very homogenous collective, okay? There's Japanese and there's not Japanese. In America, I mean, what is American? I mean, it's an immigrant country, and you have so many cultures all sort of blended historically together. And America does have its own identity. I used to think it didn't. Uh, it does have its own culture, its own identity, but I think just be just because we're based on so much of all that immigrant history there, I, I think there's just sort of like what is there's not really much of a collective at all. Japan does have a very strong collective identity, and I'm always I'm like I said I'm always telling myself Ah, oh, Japan loves the rules. You know, and especially when people ask me, even Japanese people ask me, like, what is going on here? Why is this taking so long? Why is there so much bureaucracy? Japan loves its rules, man. Japan loves the rules. Okay? So, definitely uh, theme number three there. Uh, Number four. Uh, Moving on. Communication in Japan is often indirect, inferred, or unsaid. Oh, yeah. And when you study Japanese language, you will very soon realize this. Um, and I love this example, is that when you're explaining something or giving a reason for something or you're, you're, you want to turn something down, you want to say no, you don't usually explicitly say no. It's too direct in the Japanese language. You say, and the is that sort of pause. So that literally translates to, ah, that's a little bit. And then the Japanese person's you're a member of that collective, you know exactly what that means, okay? You don't have to be told explicitly no. I, I don't want to go out with you, man. Uh, the conditions are just kind of uh, like a little bit unfavorable right now, okay? So um, that's that's gonna come up, okay, time and time again. They, they just don't say no directly, and... Um, you know, they say that's a little bit, the conditions are not favorable, okay? Another another good example is, you have to do something, or I, I have to do something, is literally said, you know, literally translates in Japanese to something like, if if I don't do this, then the result would be unfavorable. <laughs> so it's kind of reversed there. And I think it, it kind of highlights, again, that, that sort of indirect, unsaid, you know, very, uh, you know, inferred way of communication in Japanese. And another good example is sometimes when I'm, when I'm talking, especially to a guy, a Japanese guy, um, sometimes I don't even get the, the dot, 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 or the, ah, oh, that's a little bit, I don't even get that. I just get this, like, sucking sound. Like, <sighs> <laughs> and you will hear this, you will hear this. You're, you're talking to, like, a Japanese sales guy, and, and you're like, um... You know, if with my mobile phone, instead of getting the phone for a two-year contract, can I get, like, uh, just the SIM card, pay-as-you-go? <sighs> that's what you're gonna get, man. And that's what that means. That means no. That means fuck no, man. I wish they just said it sometimes, but hey, you know, I-, I know what it is. I've lived here long enough. I know what that means. Okay, so that's pretty much, you know, when you hear that sucking sound, it means wah, wah, Wow. Okay, and, you know, this could be, and it probably is a byproduct of the collectivist culture. I mean, we're all Japanese, we're all so connected, we don't really have to explicitly state everything to you. You know, in the U.S., we're not all all white, we're not all black, we're not all, you know, whatever. You know, we come from different backgrounds, maybe, you know, historically, especially. You know, we immigrated at different times, whatever. We all have a different deal going on. We grew up in different places. Um, so we're not really all members of the same team here, exactly. You know, and, uh, so maybe we do have to be a bit more direct, a little bit more individualist with it. Uh, but in Japan, we're all bees in the same hive here, man, and so we don't really have to say explicitly, fuck you, okay? They do say that, though, but, hey, I'm just saying, generally speaking, very indirect. Um, and I gotta admit, you know, I sometimes have a lot of trouble nailing this when when talking to someone. I still can't get the, the pause right. Uh, that's a little bit. <laughs> and this happens a lot on the phone. In my job, sometimes I'll get, you know, IT salespeople calling me and they want to talk to me about some kind of special offer, some kind of campaign going on right now. I really don't want to talk about it. And I'm just sort of like, you know, ah, sorry, Choto You know, and I often just end up saying, Ah sorta like Choto, that's a little bit and then I just hang up the phone and I, and I just assume they got it. So, uh, you know, I've actually talked to Japanese people about this. And they say, yeah, man, with salespeople, you're definitely the, the upper person. You know, the salesperson is definitely the person below you. So you, you can be as rude as you want, pretty much. Just just go for it, man. Just hang up on them. You know, most Japanese probably don't do that. But there's, there's a subset that do. So I'm, I, I feel comforted by that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Japan. Last theme. What are we on? One, two, three, four, five. I think this is number five. Last theme here. The company is your family. Okay, and this is kind of a historic mentality, I'll admit. Um, And recently it has been changing a lot. I've seen a lot of kind of alternative lifestyles building, um, people not following that nine to five lifetime employment system that Japan is known for historically. Traditionally, that's the way it was. Um, Employment in Japan was lifelong. And can you hear that in the background? It's five o'clock. And you got the little, the dinging clock going. So there's your rules and protocol. Everybody, people of Japan, it is 5 p.m. We just want to let you know that. (laughs) Welcome. Okay. Companies are family, right? Now, traditionally, employment in Japan was lifelong. You know, but I, I, I will definitely be the first to admit that that recently especially, in recent times, both the companies and the employees are really breaking that down. Uh, Companies are now doing contract workers, okay? They're reducing costs. They're doing these contract workers because under the traditional system, if you hire a full-time employee, you know, a full-on employee at your company, you're stuck with them. Okay, you cannot fire people in Japan very easily at all because of that that lifetime employment system. So companies are trying to kind of, you know, skirt skirt this i think is the word you know work around this by doing contract workers okay they're working through some contractor and they're just placing people in these temp positions because they're a lot easier to can a lot easier to cut out you know when times are tough so they're kind of working around that lifelong system um and employees are jumping ship you know if you're a contract worker um full-time employment full-on employment uh is probably a lot more attractive okay so the job market is, is you know, it, it goes in these ebbs and flows and sometimes it favors the employees and they'll jump ship and find something better um, because, you know, the talent is hard to find and they're all going to compete for it. So if, if company A is going to offer you some contract position, company B is going to give you a full on deal, you know, not contractor, full on employee, you're probably going to favor that one, you know, and you just sort of climb the ladder that way. And fuck it, that lifelong employee system is, is kind of dying. I'll I'll say. So this is kind of a shitty theme. (laughs) Sorry about that, man. Um, And, you know, in Japan, there's this stereotype. I hear this a lot of, you know, long hours, lots of overtime. You know, the salary man, you know, the office lady passed out on the train because they're so exhausted, you know, saying the company comes first, the family comes second. You know, the company took care of you. They're your family. Okay, so this is really your number one, the company. Um, But man, that that's breaking down. And I swear to God, it has to, it has to break down. You know, Japan's got this sinking um, population. um, And they got to do something about that. So they have to favor family, because otherwise, people are just gonna get fucking sick of this shit. (laughs) Company's not my family, man. You know, I, I I don't enjoy work that much, you know, so japan is building a lot more infrastructure and and hopefully in the future spending more money and time and effort on building you know things to allow people better child care and you know flexible hours and things like that to spend more time with their family because man that whole work-life balance thing that's a real hot topic in japan especially and you you got to figure that out because you're going to get a bunch of pissed off people working overtime and not having kids anymore and your workforce and economy are going to be canned. So, I mean, Japan's either got to improve that and start getting Japanese people happier with family life and having kids, you know, and the work-life balance and or, you know, opening up their immigration doors a little bit more. So I digress. There's the themes and we're done. You like that? I got my papers, papers right there. Papers. I prepared this for you with some papers. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, let's see, last little thing. Uh, if you like this, you know you can like me and all that shit. Uh, you can go to my main website mondaiji.com. Uh, you can also go directly to the uh, podcast section at uh, japanatron.com. That'll take you to the Japanatron podcast section of my website. Uh, I got all the uh, the buttons at the top. You know, with the follow me and the links and the YouTube and the the Twitter and the Facebook, and the iTunes, so yeah, rate and review, it uh, it helps me to know that there's actually someone listening to this and enjoying it, so I hope you get something out of it, um, yeah, and you, you have a very nice day, all right, toodles. podcast network for more shows visit comedypodcastnetwork.com